They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. I am Shane Pruitt, and today uh, is a dear friend of mine that will be joining us on the podcast as we talk about helping the next generation be leaders today. Such a relevant, always important topic of seeing the next generation be the church today and to be leaders. And today is uh, our guest and my special friend, Chip Dean. Chip is the global student pastor a campus pastor and global residency director at Liberty Live Church, which is an incredible church of eight campuses. He is a husband, an adoptive father, national speaker, and rolls with the tide. Chip, Let's welcome go. to the Next Gen on Mission podcast, my friend. Man, great to be here, Shane. Thanks for having me, man. Can't wait to uh, dig in and see what all the Lord's got for us today. Hey, hey, man, with you being... A roll tide guy. My NFL team, man, since I was like eight, is the Miami Dolphins. I can't tell you how excited I am about Tua. Please tell me that Tua will be a boom in the NFL and not a bust. Can you give me some hope of that? Oh, man. Listen, I, I love Tua. You know, Tua, Tua gave us one of the greatest halves that we've ever seen as Bama fans <laughs> that come back on Georgia. So I love Tua Tungavaloa, but I got to be honest, man. I can't lie. I think the jury's still out, bro. <laughs> I think the jury's still out. I, I think that he will be. I think he'll be healthy. But, man, my dude, I, I think he's made of glass. I don't know, man. So, <laughs> obviously, he's got a phenomenal arm, man. But he, here's, here's, here's what, you know, what we care about most. His heart is golden, man. Yeah. For, for the Lord. And, uh, and man, he's going to be a Tim Tebow type guy in that locker room. I don't know if you heard, but last year, uh, right when we beat Duke, which is, you know, no big feat on the football field, <laughs> uh, he, he and his brother, Talia, when they got straight back into Tuscaloosa, uh, man, it was midnight and they went straight to the weight room. Wow. They had Love coaches. It. Coaches always happen to pull them out of the weight room. And I think there's something for us there as pastors. Yeah. You know, um, I heard someone say one time, we would rather be discovered than developed. Oh, and man. Uh, I just love how Tu and his brother were all about always being developed Ooh. so that they could be discovered. I love it. I love Come it. on, man. Hey, that's going to lead to one of our future questions down the road in this, in this particular episode. I love it. Hey, and you're right, man. He loves the Lord. Uh, he picked number one as his jersey, playing for an audience of one. So come on, man. He's our brother in Christ. <laughs> Got to pray for his success. Therefore, the success of my Dolphins. It just sounds right. It just sounds right. <laughs> I'm just, hey, well, Chip, hey before, hey, before we get too spiritual, man, tell us one fun fact about Chip Dean that we may not already know, but we need to know. All right, so the people closest to me know this because I will not shut up about it. I'm always talking about it. I'm always asking them about it. But, uh, man, I am like this morning routine freak. <laughs> and, and, and the reason is is because, I, I mean, I really think I spent too many years of laziness trying to sleep in at the very last minute. And, and finally, I just got sick of it. It was a few years back. And, man, I started reading books on sleep. I started reading books on morning routines how to get up earlier, how to get more done, more accomplished in the morning. 
And here's what I learned, man. If you want to be a better pastor, you got to be a better person. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a better, have a better ministry, you got to be a better man or better woman. And, uh, and so, man, I just learned that I need my soul. I need my mind. I need my body. I'm, I need my spirit to be woke up in the morning. And, and so, bro, now every workday, praise by the grace of God, uh, my alarm goes off at, at least by 4.30. Uh, and man, I just, I spend my first hour with the Lord. Uh, man, I love to exercise in the morning. Um, I love to, to read. I love to write. And so I'm doing this every single morning and I'm just learning it's the little things that count. It's the, not the big things, but it's the little daily things. Great book out there, by the way. That's called, um, oh God, Atomic Habits, Hmm. Atomic Habits. If you haven't read that yet, it's phenomenal. Anyways, I'm a morning routine freak. I'm always asking people about it. I'm always kind of whittling with my routine. And then what it does is it leads to other habits. So now I'm, I'm into like Spartan races and Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff because the time you're putting into it. So, you know, good habits lead to other good habits. Bad habits lead to other bad habits. So, man, I'm, I'm a little bit of a habit junkie. I love it, man. Hey, well, that sounds like a future Next Gen Mission podcast episode with you of, of cultivating <laughs> holy habits in our life. I love it, man. Hey, so Chip, tell us, man, um, I always love to ask all of our guests this same question. It's always fun to hear the different responses. So you as a Next Gen leader um, of leading a large ministry at the local church level, but also you're a national speaker, so you're always around the next generation across the nation. Like, what are you seeing in the next generation, Generation Z? Uh, what are some things you're excited about, about the next generation? Yeah, great question. Here's, here's just one thing that I love about the next generation. We know that when it comes to Gen Z, um, it's so easy to throw them under the bus. Mm-hmm. And because that, that's, that's, that's what we wanted to do with the millennials. We, everybody wanted to throw the millennials under the bus. You know, everyone's like, this This generation is garbage. They're lazy. They're going to be the ones that, you know, are not going to amount to anything. Worst generation we've ever seen, all this type of stuff. And the millennials have turned out okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a, some people think I'm an old millennial or um, older than a millennial, whatever. Uh, but here's what we got to know about Gen Z. First of all, those who are in it, in the gospel, man, they are in it to win it. I mean, mm-hmm. they are in yeah. it for real. There is, there's not going to be any on the sidelines. There's not going to be any fence riders. These, the, those who are in the Gen Z generation that are in the gospel and they have made Jesus the Lord of their life, they are, man, they are for real. They are legit. They are going through persecution by their peers, and, and they mean what they say. But here's the deal. Here's where I love to challenge people on Gen Z. We can talk a lot about the strengths and the weaknesses of, of Gen Z. But when it comes to cultural anthropology, when it comes to really studying and understanding a generation, we cannot just focus on the differences of that generation from every, every other generation. Right. We also have to balance that with the similarities of every other generation. Mm-hmm. And here is the common link of every single generation including Gen Z, they are created in the image of God. Yeah, man. And so they have just as much potential. They have just as much opportunity. They have just as much call on their life. God is going to do, I believe, just as much, and I believe he will do more in their generation than ever before 
because they will have the best student pastors the world has ever had. I believe they will have the best lead pastors the world has ever had. I think that we're figuring out more in terms of student ministry when it comes to disciple-making, missional living, multi-ethnic communities, and and gospel-centered theology. I think more student pastors are figuring this out than ever before, so they're going to have the best biblical training in their churches. I think God is going to use this generation in, in ways that we can't even imagine, Shane. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see all the fruit of what God's going to do, my man. Yeah, so exciting, man. And that's so true. Um, I had uh, Jenny Allen on just a, a previous inter- uh, interview for this podcast, and she said the exact same thing. Generation Z is really a true generation where you're going to know people are either completely in on following Jesus or completely out. Uh, but man, we, we landed the same place. We're like, hey, the gospel has worked for 2,000 years. It's going to work with this generation too, you know? <laughs> so let's that's stick it, to man. the gospel. So yeah, I love it. Oh, man. I, I, love I had a, yep. Man, I had a missionary friend and, and uh, he was going through his PhD and we were just talking about his his uh, his thesis. And, and uh, this is years ago. And he, he, you know, everyone was talking about the cultural anthropology of all these different tribes. He was working in Thailand. And I was like, man, it is impossible to know all the di- little different in and outs, ins and outs, because even with Gen Z, depending on where you grow up in the country, they're all going to be different sure. some way. But what is the common denominator? Man, it's the image of God, and Amen. that's what God uses to draw them yeah. to the Spirit. So. Amen. Hey, well, hey, that's a perfect segue into, man, at Liberty Live, uh, you and your team, and man, what a blessing just uh, you know, what, a couple of weeks before this recording, uh, you, you brought me in on Zoom to, uh, to like encourage your team and your leaders. Man, that was so fun. You got some of the best of the best there on your team. Y'all are reaching tons of students and the next generation. So tell us a couple of just practical ways that y'all are reaching the next generation, <laughs> primarily through evangelism and sharing the gospel. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I mean, way number one, without a doubt, is campus ministry. Yeah, uh, man. And here, here's one thing: if if you're a, a senior pastor, if you're a lead pastor, if if you're listening to this podcast, which I know you are, please hear me on this. Uh, I went to our executive team and I said, "Look, we have all of the, we have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of teenagers in schools that we can go to their school, we can invite them to church, all we want." And it doesn't matter how bad they want to come to church. They don't have the means to come to church. Mm-hmm. Their family doesn't have, they don't have another vehicle. They've got to stay home with, while their mom is working her third job on Sunday. This, these teenagers have got to stay home and they've got to keep their little brother or little sister. They want to come to church, but they can't come to church. And so what if, what if instead of just saying all people need to go to church, what if we flip it? We said the church needs to go to all people. Love it. And what if when we go to all people, what if that counts? Meaning, what if our spreadsheets are not just about the people coming through our doors, but what if our spreadsheets also reflected the people that we are taking the gospel to? Mm -hmm. And so we found out a way to put some parameters around that so that when we go into schools on a consistent weekly basis and we're in charge, we're in control of the teaching, we're in control of the the topics, we're in control of the communication, then here's what was so important for us, Shane. That started to count for us in our group numbers. Now, that has nothing to do 
with padding any number. Sure. Nothing to do with padding numbers. But here's what we learned. What gets counted gets motivated, mm. and what gets motivated gets celebrated. Yeah, that's right. And so we had to make the mission count mm-hmm. because when the mission counts from the executive team down to the student pastor, everyone is celebrating the mission. And so we here's here's kind of our motto with, with campus ministry. Here's what we learned. Jesus served us before he saved us. Jesus served us before he saved us. And so we went into these schools, Shane, these schools that did not look like us. These schools, I mean, we had people in schools telling us our freshman class is the most violent class we have ever had. Wow. We're going into schools where they're saying, look, you can come in and you can do whatever you want to do. Please help us. We would go into schools and they would automatically see us as the pastor, the chaplain, of the school. Mm -hmm. And so we would come in and we would not, we would not be asking for, uh, Hey, can we come in and teach? Can we come in and preach? Can we come in to do an FCA? Can we come in and do whatever? Instead, we just came in serving. We came in with boxes of donuts. We came stocking the teacher's lounges and man, we really wanted to win the right to do ministry. Love it. Jesus served us before he saved us. So, man, we started, you know, ice popping the football teams and feeding te- meals to the teams before the game. And then little by little, coaches and teachers started asking, hey, would you pray before the meal? Would you share a Devo before the meal? How about you share a devotion before every game? How about we bring our whole team to your church? <laughs> How about you come in and you just encourage this team? Why, why don't you do some character studies with them? And then, man, we just get to work in the gospel, work in the gospel, work in the gospel. And, uh, and man, last year, and this I say this to the glory of God, we saw over 200 baptisms in our student ministry last Amazing. year. Amazing. Yep. And then I, I truly believe, I truly believe it is because we made the mission count to us. Because what gets counted gets motivated, and what gets motivated gets celebrated. But then also, if I can, if I can say quickly, yep. uh, groups, groups are huge. Students want to invite their friends to a to a vibrant group. So we really see groups as a major strategy of evangelism, inviting people into their community. And then lastly, in everything we do, everything we do is gospel centered. Mm-hmm. We like to say. We are not gospel only, but we are gospel always. Yeah. So every Sunday, every Wednesday, every group, every campus ministry, we always preach the gospel for both salvation and sanctification. And if I can just say it, we do it for four quickly, four quick reasons. Number one, we preach the gospel every time so that the saved can get saved. Mm-hmm. Number two. I'm sorry, so the un, um, let me say it again, so the unsaved can get saved. Yeah. Number two, so that the saved can live saved. Right. Number three, number three, so the saved can bring the unsaved. So our believing students know any given Sunday, Wednesday, or Monday, or Tuesday, or whatever, they can bring an unbelieving friend, and they're going to hear the gospel. And then number four, number four, so the saved can share with the unsaved. Mm. So often, 
we do evangelism training in a 12-week course. But the problem is, it all gets forgotten. Yep. But what if we shared the gospel every time we were with our students, whether or not we think there, there are lost people in the room? But if we share the gospel every time, our students are hearing that every time, and they are learning how to share the gospel every time. Man, so good. And repetition is the key to memory. So good, man. I'm over here just typing down notes like crazy, man. This is so good, Chip. Hey, so let me ask you this. So in that, man, y'all are mobilizing tons of students to reach their friends and their peers with the gospel. So in that, you're having to, you know, there has to be a, a system where you're raising up leaders uh, in your student ministry that are the next generation themselves. So hey, briefly share with us, like, how do you recognize leadership potential in a student? And then what is the pipeline uh, for a student to become a leader in your ministry there? Yeah, great question, Shane. This is so important, man. And I'll tell you what, um, I became a student pastor in 2004. Yeah. So I've been a student pastor for uh, 16, going on 17 years. And, and, uh, and man, now that I've been a student pastor for so long, I am watching what happens with students in their futures, right? And so I'm learning the leaders that we see in student ministry the students that we think will become the quintessential leader, often it's not them that end up leading throughout life. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's often the students that get overlooked. Yeah. It's often the students who are super quiet. Quick story. I just I did a mission trip about a year and a half ago um, to, to the Amazon jungle. And man, they trained us for three days before we went into this town, this village of the Amazon jungle. They trained us so basically we wouldn't get ourselves killed. And and they told us we were the first um, Southern Baptist short-term missionaries that had ever gone to this town. And so they take us into this town, into this village. They take us to where the missionary was, and I lost my mind because they're standing with the missionary was one of my former students for six years in a past student ministry wow. where I was a pastor. And I didn't know he was going to be there, and he didn't know that I was going to be there. And we lost our minds because we hadn't seen each other in six years, and we, we came together in the Amazon jungle. Incredible. And had no idea. Let me tell you about this kid. He was an incredible, man, I love this kid in my student ministry. But he was not one of our leaders. He was consistent. He was listening. He was learning. He was soaking it all in. And then God was just shaping his heart. He wasn't like that super leader, cool kid that, that could create a following. But he was the one that got a tap to say, you're the one I'm going to use to do big things for the rest of your life. I just, I want to use this time right now just to talk to student pastors, and student leaders, awesome. and lead pastors, and, who, and disciple makers, and just to say, not just, I, I don't want to just say, don't overlook the quiet ones. I want to say this, pray and ask God to reveal to you those who need to be in leadership. Man, Chip, that is so good. And so, man, y'all are mobilizing tons of students. Uh, to serve the community, to reach their peers with the gospel. So that's got to be a lot of leaders to do that. So 
Hey, let me ask you this briefly. How do you recognize leadership potential in a student? And then what is the pipeline uh, for a student to become a leader uh, in your ministry there? Yeah, that's a great question, my man. So uh, God has blessed us with a lot of students and a lot of leaders. Here's here's what I've learned. You know, I'm I'm, I'm the old man in student ministry. I've been doing this since 2004, and <laughs> and uh, so I, I've had the opportunity to actually see what happens in these students in college and in their in their twenties and in their young adult years and and, and on. And, and here's what I've learned is you just don't know what students are going to do later on in life. I have right. been amazed by top students that I would have said, this kid is going to change the world. They go off to college and they fizzle out spiritually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And students that I would have never guessed, man, they go to college and graduate from college and then they are soaring spiritually, doing more than we could ever have imagined. Yeah. And so uh, just, just as a quick story, so about a year and a half ago, I got to do a dream mission trip and got to go to the Amazon jungle, the largest <laughs> concentration concentration of unreached people, un, I'm sorry, uncontacted people in the world. And so before they took us to this town, I can't even tell you the name of the town that we were in. Before they took us to this town, they trained us for three days. And they basically just said, here's how to not get yourself killed in this town. <laughs> and uh, they said that we were the first short-term missionaries to ever go into this town. Wow. And they took us into the jungle, and we went to this town, we went to this village, and they took us to the missionary. And there, beside the missionary, I lost my mind, bro. It was one of my students standing there for one of my past student ministries. I was a student pastor for six years. That's incredible. And this kid right here, I mean, it, it was, we just, we both lost our minds, right? We hadn't seen each other in years. I didn't know he was going to be there. He didn't know I was coming. Wow. And, and so, but here's the deal about this kid. His name's Hayden. Hayden was, he was not that leader in student ministry that everybody was just flocking to. He, he wasn't the kid that had the posse behind him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the kid that was out spoken. He wasn't the kid that we were all trying to, you know, give those leadership opportunities to, but who was he? He was the kid who was listening. He was the kid who was faithful. He was the kid who was consistent. He was the kid who served. He was the kid who was always there. Man, he was humble. He was quiet. He was kind, and he was faithful. And, And man, I'm just telling you, so here's what I want to say. Don't, I, I don't want to go so far and just to say, don't overlook the quiet kids while that is true. Mm-hmm. But here's what I think is so important. We need to pray and ask God, God, whether they are loud or quiet, whether they are popular or unpopular, whether they are gifted or they don't seem to be all that gifted, who are the students that you want me? Who are the students you want our leaders to personally pour into? That's so good. Because God knows the future. God knows his plans for them. God knows his will for their lives. And so we just need, you know, Jesus picked out his disciples, 12 people out of the entire world. He, and it, he did it unapologetically, and he poured his life into those 12. And I think we need to ask Jesus, Jesus, which ones do you want me to disciple? Because I can't personally disciple everyone. 
Mm-hmm. But which ones do you want me to disciple? And help me not to pick somebody like like we pick Saul, based just on their talents or yep. their charisma. But Jesus, help me to pick uh, young men and and for our ladies to pick young women to disciple them based on your Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and based on the ones that Jesus you are marking out and you want us to pour our lives into. And so, how do we do that? To be honest, Shane, we we really enjoy uh, LifeWays, uh, their leadership pipeline. Mm-hmm. We really like that volunteer leader coach um, trajectory that they use. Uh, I love what Robbie, my friend Robbie Gallaty, talks about, and yeah. other people have said so much. Uh, the I do, uh, you watch, I do, you help, you do, I help, you do, I watch. Yeah. Uh, Dan Spader added all that, and we talk to each one of those. I think those are so important. But here's the deal. I I don't think we need a one-size-fits-all leadership development program. To be honest, when it comes to leadership development, uh, I heard Derwin Gray say recently, we talk a lot about leadership development when the Word of God uses leadership, only the word leadership a couple of times. Mm -hmm. The Word of God uses all the time disciple-making, disciple-making, disciple-making. It's disciple development. And so what do we first need to do is not just make them into a great American church minister to where they just have, hey, here's your task or here's your group, but we need to disciple them well. And ultimately, leadership, I think, biblically, is the same definition of discipleship. What is it? Mm-hmm. It is following Jesus and bringing others with you. Following Jesus and bringing others with you. And that that goes for anything and everything, because ultimately, they're called to be a disciple-maker. Yeah. Ultimately, it. they're called to make disciples, and so we need to disciple them in such a simple way, I like to say, even a Christian can do it. <laughs> Disciple them in such a simple way that even a Christian can do it, and that way they can make more disciples because of the way that they've been discipled. I love that so much, to disciple them in a way that even a Christian can do it. Man, so listen, good. I need that. Dude, I've gotten so even, many Chip Dean tweets from this interview, man, and for, or this conversation, <laughs> rather. <laughs> so many Chip Dean oh, tweets. Oh, gosh, man. That is, oh, man, I love that. Hey, well, Chip, hey, Just we, don't get me fired up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Man, this is so good. Hey, and like I said, man, I promise you, we are going to have you on some more because this is just solid gold. Like this, literally, man, this conversation could go on for hours because, man, you're just dropping straight gold, straight truths, super practical, Well, you're throwing me softball, Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right, man, I'm going to give you, all right, I'm going to give you one more, man. You know, we always close. Uh, this this podcast with the same on mission charge and uh, here's another softball for you because I know this is your heartbeat. Uh, the heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they are the now generation, not just the future of the church, but they are the church right now. They have a mission now, a calling on their life now, uh, the great commission to go now. So give us one closing thought on this, my friend. You got it, my man. I, I just got to tell you a quick story. His name's Victor. Yep. Victor. Um, and he was going into his freshman year at his public high school. He was coming out of our summer camp, and God told him, Victor, I want you to reach your school for Jesus. He had never gone to this school before. It was his high school. He was starting his high school career as a ninth grader. My man, Victor, went into the school with, he had five kids in the FCA. 
Victor wow. took it over and turned it into a student ministry in the school. He had over a hundred kids showing up Amazing. every Thursday afternoon after school. Man, he would preach. He would have us in to preach. He would have mission opportunities, mission projects. And, and here's all I can say, man, if, if God can use Victor yep. as a 14-year-old freshman, if God can use Josiah as an eight-year-old king, if, if God can use Timothy as a young man and David as a young man, and you look throughout Scripture with all of these people throughout Scripture, that age, age was not a requirement for God. But, and, and to be honest as well, the Great Commission does not begin at 18. Yeah, that's right. The Great Commission is for every single teenager. If you spend time with Jesus every day, I would even say every morning, if if you allow the ultimate missionary whose name is Jesus mm-hmm. Christ to fill you up with his spirit every single morning by getting into the word, by pouring over scripture, by praying and asking God to fill you up, to transform you and, and to make you more like Jesus. You will be amazed as a student, as a teenager, as a student pastor, as a ministry leader, who, as a man, as a woman. It doesn't matter. God has no requirements on any of that. The only requirement is that we seek Him. Then we will be amazed how God will use us in our life to, to accomplish His will and Jesus' great commission, which will, which will usher in His glory. And so, Shane, if we want to live our life on mission, we have to seek after and pursue and submit ourselves to the ultimate missionary. Those Mm -hmm. who say they can't do it are right. Mm -hmm. Nobody can. I can't. You can't. And that's the point of the gospel. Jesus can, Mm -hmm. and Jesus will. And so we need to be filled with him, and then we get to be amazed at the miracles that he does through us on mission. Love it, man. Gosh. See, friends that are listening, now you know why I was so excited to have Chip Dean on today. Uh, Man, Chip, every time I'm around you, talk to you, uh, man, you make me want to run through a brick wall just to go share the gospel with somebody, man. <laughs> you inspire. <laughs> you have such a gift of inspiration and encouragement. And I always say that about, uh, you know, the guy who I get to serve directly with, and that's uh, Pastor Johnny Hunt. Man, he's got that same gift. Like, Johnny, he can talk about water, and you feel encouraged to run through a, a cement wall to go get a bottle of water. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you just have that gift of encouragement, inspiration. And I want to encourage everyone who's listening to go follow Chip, connect with his ministry, uh, maybe even invite him into your context to preach and to share and to work with your leaders and your team and to preach to your your students and, and those in your ministry. So Chip, uh, how can people connect with you? Uh, share your social media handles in any way people can connect with you or even see your sermons and those things. At man, just, just real quick, uh, social media is simply at Chip Dean. Uh, you can go to chipdean.org, O-R-G, uh, and man, that's, that's anything to do with preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, Shane, uh, people can go to youthgrouptruth.com, mm-hmm. and man, I have put on that website sermons from every book of the Bible, every doctrine of Scripture for students for the next generation, 
and uh, and man, they can download. I think it's like uh, twelve gigabytes of 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 files. I think it's over four thousand files. Um, it's over six years of curriculum, basically. Yeah. And man, if it's not p- published or polished uh, by some publisher, it's just from a student pastor, from a next gen leader to other next gen leaders, and they can have it for free. Uh, I've got a download link on there. I think I. I, I think I told people I'll give you everything in a Dropbox for a hundred bucks, man. If if they contact me from this podcast anytime, I'll cut that. I mean, I'll give it to them for fifty dollars. If they man, can't afford it, it I'll it. give it. I'll give it to them for free. Love it, I, man. I I just want them to have these gospel centered resources. But uh, man, if they ever want to holler, uh, my email address is they can do uh, Chip Dean six one four six fourteen Chip Dean six fourteen at gmail dot com. Love it. Man, Chip, you're such a great friend, man, to me and to so many other leaders. And the Lord uses you uh, to advance his gospel, man, and to advance the kingdom. So thank you so much for being on, my friend. And thank you, listeners, uh, for listening again to another episode of the Next Gen on Mission podcast. If you have questions on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net. We'll try to address those on a future podcast. Have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.